Welcome to Bringing Bach the podcast that explores the church unity, the theology and music of Johann Sebastian Bach. The idea of the show is pretty simple. Each week we're going to look at a different cantata written by Bach for that particular day of the church year. We will examine the music, theology, and original use of each cantata that we study, including hearing the scripture lessons and pointed for that day. After a brief discussion of each part, we'll give a rough translation of the text from the German into the English so that we can understand the message that Bach was seeking to convey with his music. We'll listen to the cantata's message, and we'll listen to it movement by movement, imagining what it was like to hear that cantata for the very first time in a weekly church service. And as we do that, we'll learn that Bach was boldly Lutheran and hopefully seek to bring Bach back to the Lutheran church. We'll begin this episode with the same words that Bach wrote at the beginning of each of his musical pieces, Jesu Yuva, which means Jesus help. This week we have the pleasure of listening to Bach's cantata for the first Sunday after Trinity, O Ewigkeit du Donnerwort, or in English, O Eternity, you thunderous word. It deals with the reality of life after death, and that, when death arrives for us, that we will either be in heaven or in hell. The first Sunday after the Trinity begins the season of the church, moving away from the festival season of Easter, which we've been hearing about in the last few weeks. It was at this time, for this particular cantata, that Bach was in charge of teaching the choir at the St. Thomas Church in Leipzig. He'd been serving there for about a year and decided to begin to write a cantata for each Sunday of the church year and for every festival. This is the first of those cantatas that he wrote for that particular purpose. The text of this cantata is based upon a text uh, that is very familiar to you that comes from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 16. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, 
neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This particular gospel lesson is one that is very striking in both its law and its gospel. The law is clear, and that's the focus of a large large part of this particular cantata. The rich man is sent to hell immediately upon his death due to his lack of faith in God. The rich man did not fear, love, nor trust in God, but instead trusted his money would provide, loved that he had so much money, and feared that his money would one day be gone. In other words, the rich man breaks the first commandment. As a result, the title of this cantata is fulfilled for him. For the rich man with no faith, eternity is a thunderous word. Thunderous in judgment. On the other hand, we have Lazarus, who has a faithful belief in God and his word. At the death of Lazarus, he is carried to Abram's bosom to live in the peace of eternity. For him, eternity was a blissful word, thunderous with joy and happiness. This is the idea that Bach will examine in this particular cantata, especially the first word of the meaning of the first commandment from the small catechism. We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. I'll be honest before we dive into it. This cantata and some of its words might sound harsh to our modern ears. We in the modern age don't uphold the doctrine of the condemnation in hell as true as well as we ought to. We've seen the books in the bookstore that propose there is no hell and that all people will be saved. And to our ears, it sounds like a good idea that everyone will be saved. But the truth is, that is not what Scripture teaches. And having heard this cantata, hopefully you'll see how seriously Bach and the true church take the Bible's teachings about hell. It is to serve the purpose laid out in Psalm 39. Lord, let me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. The movements of this cantata are choral settings of a hymn by a man named Johann Riest. Cantata 60 also uses this hymn as its basis, and we'll get to hear quite a bit of that hymn as we work our way through the cantata. The cantata begins with a chorus, a chorus that is particularly regal in its sound. It draws the uh, hearing out so that it sounds like it is going on for eternity, trying to get the person sitting in the pew to understand what eternity is. This helps to address its respectful fear that we as Christians ought to have for eternity and the seriousness that we ought to show to it. We ought not take Christ for granted, for our final day could come at any moment. As Jesus says, Concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Therefore, the Christian has a healthy fear of what the consequences of death outside the faith would be. We cannot live as so many do in our world today, embracing sin as our identity, thinking that all will go to heaven. Scripture's clear. Those who reject Christ and his word will not be saved. Hear now the lyrics for the opening chorale. O eternity, you thunderous word, O sword which through one soul pierces, 
O beginning without end, O eternity, time without time, because of my great sadness I do not know where to turn. My completely frightened heart quakes so much that my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. Musically, this is a rather straightforward movement from Bach. There's no counterpoint, but instead the words are sung in one rhythm. The regal feel addresses the wealthy who are in danger of being the rich man of the parable, loving their stuff instead of God. The music carries the arrogance of one who trusts in self. This time, let's hear movement one of O Eternity, You Thunderous Word.
those long building crescendos and decrescendos really give you an idea of eternity. And you have that kind of mixed up section in the middle where it's very violent sounding, gives you an idea of eternity in hell, which is part of the goal of this particular cantata. The next movement in our cantata is a tenor recitative. It is based upon the same chorale or hymn as before, and it is particularly somber in tone. It is teaching the hearer about the state of the rich man at his death. Let's hear the words of the movement before we talk about it. No misfortune is in all the world to be found that is everlasting. Each must indeed ultimately, in the course of time, eventually vanish. Ah, but ah, the pain of eternity has just no end. It goes on and on with its torturous drama. Yes, as even Jesus says, from it there is no redemption. This section teaches the hearer about the state of the faithless upon their death. The sufferings, pains, and sorrows, and struggles of this world all have their end. They must all vanish, at the least at death. As Jesus says in Matthew 24, Heaven and earth will pass away, but the pain of eternity in hell has no end. It goes on and on with torturous drama. As the Gospels say, Hell is the place of outer darkness, where the worm does not die, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the same idea taught elsewhere in Scripture. Second Peter chapter 2 says, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell, and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness, to be kept until the judgment, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials, and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. Or as Christ himself says, it is better for you to enter God's kingdom with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown in hell. For the unbeliever, Bach says, this is what awaits them. Hell, suffering, pain, forever and ever without end. It is a bold reminder to remain faithful and in the word of God. Let's hear this recitative by the tenor voice at this time. that uh, movement you can really hear the terror that the uh, singer brings across from that tenor voice uh, the idea of what hell might be uh, when we are facing it in unbelief not that we are but uh, those who are in unfaith the next movement then builds on this idea it is a musical inferno if you will the music is very serious and sharp crackling and representing hell one can almost picture what is going on in listening to the music. 
and the words help carry that idea as well. Eternity, you make me anxious. Forever, forever is too long. Ah, this truly allows for no joking. Flames which forever burn have no equal. My heart becomes alarmed and trembles when I consider this pain and turn my thoughts to the reality of hell. The words and music together make the hearer feel uncomfortable, which is the goal of this particular movement. And the theological message is one that cannot be missed in our modern day. Hell is real. Everyone will not be in heaven on the last day. As dreadful as that is to hear and to think about, it is the absolute truth. Those without faith face what this movement talks about. Can you imagine it? Flames which burn forever? Yes, forever. And it's not the small burn from bumping against the pan from the oven. This is whole body third degree burns without end. That is very much the reality that the rich man faced in the parable and that this cantata is based upon. And there are many others who face this reality each and every day. Hell is real, the cantata warns. Let us now hear this next movement.
hear the uh, flames in the voice of that tenor singing, especially when he's got those uh, staccato ahs going throughout there. That's the idea. Uh, he's trying to sing the fire uh, to bring that idea across in this particular movement. After the tenor, the bass voice is heard singing a recitative. It continues the stark warnings against hell. This particular movement addresses the idea of eternity. Perhaps when you were a child, you laid on top of a hill in the summertime, and while looking up at the sky, thought about how big the universe was, and how long eternity was. And in this process, you probably made yourself dizzy. Bach does that same thing here. Listen to the words of this movement. Even supposing the torture of the damned lasted as many years as there were in the sums of the blade of grass on earth or the stars in heaven, even supposing the pain were stretched out as long as the line of all people who have been in the world, from the earliest beginnings so were its end and measure still fixed in the end, it would indeed one day have to cease. Now, however, when you have endured the peril O damned one, a thousand million years with all the devils having endured, so is the end still never at hand. The time span which no one can reckon begins each moment. To your soul's eternal distress, continually anew. This time frame of hell is laid out in this particular movement. The biggest things imaginable, the stars in the sky, the number of blades of grass in the earth, or even the line of all people that have ever lived, cannot compare to the number of years that hell will last for those who do not believe. Hell is eternal. That is a thunderous word, if ever there were one. Even after a thousand million years of suffering, with all the demons... It is but the beginning of what awaits the unbeliever, Bach says. This matches our Lord's word in Matthew chapter 10. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Or as St. John says in Revelation 19, The smoke from hell goes up forever and ever. Let's hear the bass sing these words to us at this time. Es dauerte der verdammten Qual so viele Jahre, als an der Zahl auf ihren Gras am Himmel Sterne wären. Gesetzt, es sei die Pein so weit hinausgestellt, als Menschen in der Welt von Anbeginn gewesen, so wäre doch zuletzt derselben Ziel und Maß gesetzt. Sie müsste doch einmal auf. Nun aber, wenn du die Gefahr verdammter tausend Millionen Jahr mit allen Teufeln ausgestanden, so ist doch nie der Schluss vorhanden. Die Zeit, so niemand zählen kann, fängt jeden Augenblick zu deiner Seelen ewigem Unglück sich stets von neuem an. Definitely a sobering thought and a sobering movement of this particular cantata. 
With all the discussion about hell, the next movement is a little bit more jovial in tone. It is almost the voice of Jesus. It, of course, echoes the warnings of the above movements, but it adds into it a glimmer of hope for the hearer. The glimmer can be found in the first phrase that is sung. Hear the words of this bass aria. God is just in his deeds. For brief sins of this world has he such lengthy pain anointed. Ah, would the world indeed take note of this. Short is time, death is swift. Ponder this, O children of mankind. I know it might not sound like much of a glimmer of hope, but the words, God is just in his deeds, is a direct reference to Jesus Christ. God must justly punish sin. Psalm 145 says, The Lord is just in all his ways. Job chapter 8 says, Does God pervert justice? The answer, of course, is no. But for the baptized Christian, the punishment that is justly deserved by us is laid out upon Christ, not upon us. Let's now hear this particular movement.
see then how uh, that uh, glimmer of hope is there. The words that are repeated over and over and over and over again in that particular movement are God is just in his deeds, which drives us uh, both to confess our own sin, but then also to look to Jesus Christ. This brings us to the uh, halfway point, or probably just a little bit more than halfway point of our cantata for this week. We'll take a break and we'll be back to continue with the second half of box cantata number 20, Eternity is a Thunderous Word, here on KNNA, The Cross. Don't forget to like our Facebook page, Bringing Bach Back. Welcome back to Bringing Bach Back. We're halfway through today's cantata, cantata number 20, Eternity is a Thunderous Word. It was originally a cantata written for the first Sunday after Trinity, and uh, just as a side note, it was performed for the very first time in Leipzig on June 11, 1724. We're working our way through the different movements. They've been very sobering insofar as their topic. They've been talking about the truth that hell is real and that those who do not have faith uh, will go there upon their death, uh, driving this off of the uh, parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Our next movement that we'll look at is an alto aria. It drives right back into the warnings against hell, and it does so with an unusual and halting rhythm, which is designed to put the hearer back into the uncomfortable feeling that comes with the idea of hell. This movement also changes key, being performed in the key of D minor, which uh, continues to add that different feel to this particular movement. The words are a reflection of St. Peter's Pentecost sermon, where he says, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. The words are as follows. O man, deliver your soul. Flee Satan's slavery and free yourself of sin, so that in yonder cavern of brimstone, death, which torments those who are damned, will not eternally gnaw at your soul. O man, deliver your soul. 
musically, note that uh, to the end of this particular movement, there is a very long coda, or the uh, musical interlude at the end, and it is perhaps too long to fit well within this movement. It kind of drags it out uh, to be painfully long. This is designed to continue to give the hearer an idea of the uncomfortable long period of time that uh, hell will be. In fact, we heard a few movements ago that it will be uh, longer than, uh, than just possibly imaginable. What better way to add to that uh, idea than to add an uncomfortably long and halting musical closing to this particular piece of music? Listen to it now, noting how the music continues long after the singing is finished. See how the coda at the end of that movement was almost a third of the entire movement itself, and it still had that halting uh, kind of uh, stopping rhythm in the middle of that as well. So that teaches us about the length of hell and how uh, it's uncomfortably long for those who have no faith. The next movement is again a choral piece. In the usage of this piece in its original uh, time in the church, this would have constituted the first half of the cantata being over. Like the Ascension cantata we heard a few weeks ago, perhaps the sermon was preached in the middle of the two halves of this cantata. If so, one can imagine the preacher building upon all the law that the cantata had built up to this point, the teaching about hell and the teaching about what result of unfaith is. And then the pastor comes in and preaches the sweet gospel to the Christian, declaring how through Christ, hell, death, and the devil have all been defeated, and how now we have peace and comfort with God. The second half of the cantata will then help to reinforce that idea. It is again a beautiful picture of how Bach worked with the preacher to create faithfully Lutheran music that could help proclaim the word within the divine service. 
The choral piece then summarizes the first half of the cantata and the discussions that we've had so far. The words are as follows. As long as there is a God in heaven who hovers above the clouds, will such torments last. Cold and heat will plague them there, as well as fear, hunger, terror, fire, and lightning, and still not consume them. For this pain will end when God is no longer eternal. We'll hear this choral piece at this time. typical Bach choral piece. You can imagine at the end of that the pastor standing up and beginning his sermon and preaching the word of God to the hearers in the church pew. After the sermon then would be over, we would go on to the second part of the cantata. We can imagine a faithful law and gospel sermon has been preached. Having heard the sermon, we are definitely convicted of our sin and terror-stricken in regard to hell. And the preacher pointed us to Christ as Redeemer who suffered hell in our place. He now calls us to wake up from our sinful, lost lives. In other words, he preaches the third use of the law, which describes what the Christian life ought to look like. This next movement does that. Hear the words of that movement translated now. Wake up! Wake up! Lost sheep, arouse yourself from sin's sleep, and better your life soon. Wake up before the trumpet sounds, which calls you in terror out of the tomb to be before the tribunal judge of all the world. These words reflect, almost quoting, in fact, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We would do harm to ourselves to not also remember the words of Isaiah that surround these words, that by the wounds of Christ we are healed, and that Jesus was stricken, smitten, and afflicted so that we might have peace before God. This section also reflects the words of Ephesians chapter 5, which says, Awake, O sleeper, and First Thessalonians, So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. With the gospel preached, these words define for us how we as Christians live, with beautiful trumpet flourishes to emphasize this reality to us. Let us now hear Movement 8, the first part of the second half of this cantata, a bass aria.
bass continues to say wake up wake up wake up while the trumpets are ringing that uh, alarm clock sort of sound uh, in our ears next we hear this message continuing the christian living section of the cantata therefore above all things be mindful of your soul's welfare in other words you don't want to go to hell so keep track of your faith how by being in the word often hearing faithful preaching in a church, by remembering your baptism with holy absolution, and by partaking in the Lord's Supper. In these ways, the Christian is refreshed to avoid the pleasures of this world, and instead is much more like faithful Lazarus from the day's gospel lesson. The next movement can be translated thusly. Forsake, O man, the pleasures of this world, pomp, pride, wealth, honor, and money. Ponder indeed in this time yet, while the tree of life is still green for you, what serves for your peace. Perhaps this is the last day. No person knows when he must die. How easily, how quickly is many a person dead and cold. They could even this night bring the coffin to your door. Therefore, above all things, be mindful of your soul's welfare. Dear Christian, perhaps it is the last day, but we worry not, for we belong to Christ. Perhaps we will be buried tomorrow, but we still know that our Redeemer lives, and that on the last day he will stand at the foot of our graves and call us out into eternal life. Bach wants you to consider the things that serve for your peace, to keep your faith strong. 
Bach wants you to remember the word and the sacraments every day of your life. Here at this time, movement number nine. <laughs> Did you notice that part in the middle where the alto voice got so soft and slow? That's the part of the text where uh, she's talking about how easily it might be that you die today, how quickly many a person turns dead and cold, and even they might bring to your door this night a coffin. And that really emphasizes those words, and the slowness gives you an opportunity to consider that idea as well. The next movement of our cantata is my very favorite of this cantata. It's the one that makes uh, all the discussion about hell worth the wait. It's just unique and beautiful and amazing. It is a duet between the alto and tenor voice, and it's matched by a careful and urgent cello, kind of twisting its way throughout the movement. In this movement, the hearer is called to repent. Repent. See yourself as a sinner. Repent so that you might also have Christ as your Savior. Repent so that you might not eternally worry about the desire to have your tongue cooled by a drop of water. Repent and believe the gospel. This next movement exactly calls the sinner to repentance. Hear the words of it now. O child of mankind, cease quickly sin and world to love that not the pain where wailing and gnashing of teeth are found you eternally must grieve. Ah, see your reflection in the rich man, who in that torment not even once a droplet of water may have. Note that the, when you hear this, the German word qual, which means torment, is held out for several measures in long, twisted-out ellipses. Torment is musically depicted, therefore. Repent so that you might not face torment. Repent and believe the gospel. Here at this time, those words performed for us. Oh, Mensch, Kind, hör auf, geschwind, hör auf, geschwind, hör 
just a cool movement and the way that the music uh, goes back and forth that way and the alto and the tenor together uh, I just uh, gives you goosebumps it's my favorite one of this entire cantata that brings us now finally to the closing chorale of our cantata reflecting the earlier chorale as well the words finally have the certainty that we have as Christians uh, words that say this, Take thou me, if it pleases you, Lord Jesus, into your tent of joy. Finally, we have a gospel promise to resolve all the tension that has been brought about through the rest of the cantata. Here now is the translation for this chorale. O eternity, thou wondrous word, O sword which through one's soul pierces, O beginning without end, O eternity, time without time, because of my great sadness I do not know where to turn. Take thou me, if it pleases thee, Lord Jesus, into thy tent of joy. We'll hear those words sung at this time.
This concludes Box 20 of Cantata, O Eternity, You Thunderous Word, and it also concludes our sixth episode of Bringing Bach Back. Pray it's been a blessing for you and that it has allowed you to peek into our great Lutheran musical heritage and to enjoy a piece of music that is decidedly Lutheran in its theology and is an amazing contribution to music itself. As you think back on today's episode, remember that it, this is what Christian church music can be, beautifully carrying our theology in music fit for heaven. Bach was little more than a church organist who took the great hymns and chorales of the church that came before him and made them into the music that carried the gospel to hearers of countless generations. That's why it's so important that we continue to bring Bach back into the Lutheran church today. We'll end our episode with the same words that Bach wrote at the end of all of his cantatas, three little letters, SDG, for solo Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. I'm Pastor Adam Moline, your host, bidding you Alviderzain until our next episode. God bless your day. Bringing Bach Back is a production of KNNA Radio of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. If you have any feedback on this episode, please contact KNNA or visit its website, thecross957.org. We'd love to hear from you. Also, visit us on Facebook and like our page at BBB at KNNA. And so check that out as well.